Hello everyone and welcome to All, All Teens, Teens Everywhere. Everywhere. Today I'm here with Maxine. She is a junior yes. at Booker T and we're just going to be talking about um, access to menstrual health products, kind of um, her involvement with Period, a national organization, and her passions with that. So Maxine, could you just start us off with what you do? Yeah. So. I am currently a junior in high school, and the summer before sophomore year, at the beginning of the summer after freshman year, I was just, I was actually just scrolling on TikTok, and I came across, across this creator, and she was the president of a period chapter at her school, and so I had no idea what this was, I kind of explored it a little bit, and period is a national organization and their main goal is to supply free menstrual products among other things and so i thought well booker t doesn't have free menstrual products in the restrooms mm -hmm. we have uh, dispensers but they're broken they don't have products and so i thought well i could start a chapter and i just did that i applied and wow. i co-founded it with um, my friend who is a senior and that year we co-founded a period chapter so I'm president and founder that's awesome so kind of like how was the club approval process mm -hmm. of getting that at Booker T so well going back just a little bit it was a lot to even get approved for the national organization really so I started uh, at the very beginning of summer and I waited a few months for a zoom call and then an application and so we were approved about a month before school started oh, wow. uh, from the organization and so I actually got it approved and then I went to the school. <laughs> so, okay. Then I went to the school and I knew a teacher that would be interested. Um, she was my human geo teacher and so I asked her, I was like, would you want to sponsor this? And she's like, of course. And we applied for the club fair and we had a really positive reaction like really? from the faculty. They mm -hmm. were uh, sort of impressed that we were taking this on and it was, it was a smooth process to get approved. So kind of like going back to how you said that you got approved via like the national organization mm -hmm. first, like what were some of the requirements that you had to meet to kind of like get that through? Yes. So I remember that we had to sign up for a Zoom call and that took a few months actually because they're spread out. And once we were on that Zoom call, they explained uh, all of the requirements for the chapter. Like there would have to be a president, sort of a council. We would have to do um, every so often check-ins. And then we had to write up an explanation of why we wanted to join. And then they got back to us and they approved it. So it was kind of just like an application process to make sure that you are legit and that yeah. they can put you in the system. Oh, wow. So how do you feel that you starting this period club has helped Booker T in terms of access to menstrual health products? I think that, I'm going to be honest, it's hard to get menstrual products in the restrooms mm -hmm. just because of donations and making sure that we can restock them. I'm not coming on here to say that we're perfect. It's yeah. not like we have products in there every month of the year. But I do think that last year, for the majority of the year, we had products in there. That's right amazing. Now, thank you. Right now we're hosting our first donation drive and we're trying to get products in there right now. So I think Though we don't have a very stable donation. Like supply? Like, yeah, supply. It definitely has started conversation, and it's gotten people to care about it, and we definitely have a community behind us to try and make it possible. I know that um, Townview has a period club, and it's supplying mm -hmm. for over, like, 3,000 students, yes. similar to Booker T. You're supplying to thousands of students. Mm -hmm. So how often do you see, like, 
your bathroom being empty because everybody uses those products? After the day we stock them. Wow. Yep. They're gone in one day? Yes, and that is what is so hard. At this point, I think we're going to have to say every Monday we'll restock, and that's when we're going to restock. It's hard to restock right after they run out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they just... They just they just disappear, really. Wow. So how what is your opinion on the products that DISD currently provides for its students? Mm -hmm. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Did you take the Mexican packs out of your pockets? Yes. Right here? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, talking right now. One, two, three. Have. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. We good to go? Okay. So, what is your opinion on the products that DISD currently provides for its students? Well, as far as I know, uh, they don't provide anything. Uh, that's at least my experience at Booker T. There is no DISD funded or mandated uh, period product supply. And I understand. It's, I've seen it myself. It is hard. And I think that as students, we should take our own advocacy. We should advocate for ourselves and supply the restrooms with what we can do so then over time the district can see the positive impact it has had mm -hmm. and once enough schools contribute to DISD uh, period products of their own then I think that DISD should step up mm -hmm. and create a program to supply free menstrual products. So in terms of like um, kind of just the struggles that you've seen students mm -hmm. face in terms of not having like adequate products at their disposal like, how does that make you feel seeing students, maybe lower income students not being mm -hmm. able to afford maybe pads or tampons and having to depend on the stuff that your club provides? So, yeah, exactly. Period poverty, which I learned is a term. It's uh, for lower income families. They don't have access to personal hygiene products or period products. And I think that impacts like a huge proportion of DISD, specifically mm -hmm. at our school. It's, I think it's, it's terrible to see students who have no access to these products and our club is it's really the only, thing. the only thing. And what we've been trying to do is we may not have them in the restrooms, but the nurse has been really supportive and she brings period products. Wow. So even if we don't have them in the restrooms, we try at least we try and at least give them an mm -hmm. opportunity to go to the nurse. So your nurse is spending her money on buying period products yes. for Booker T students? Yes. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Wow. That should not that should not be coming out of her own pocket. No. Wow. All of the products at our school come out of our own students' pockets. It's not funded at all through the school. It's completely student based. So how have you maybe like um, quote unquote like hyped up your club at Booker T to yes. encourage students to kind of join and join the fight against period poverty? Yeah. Okay, so I was really scared to start the club because I did not know the reaction, how it was mm -hmm. going to go over. No, you're so right. Yeah. yeah. 
but oh my gosh we have over a hundred members that's crazy what yes like on social media we're we try to be active on social Mm -hmm. media especially last year like all of my friends I would get my friends to repost it and then their friends would (laughs) repost it we'd be like be in period club and like we even got because it there is stigma around men um with menstrual products like they uh, traditionally don't talk about it or they mm-hmm. don't know about it and we got men we could be like men in period like we because wow. it really is for mm-hmm. everyone to join and we um at the club fair we have a booth and also we connect with nhs where you can get mm-hmm. community service hours Ooh, for donations yes wow and we actually yeah. just did a donation drive with planned parenthood so really yes. and how was like what was that like setting that up partnering mm-hmm. with Planned Parenthood, how did that like turn out? Yes, so we have two members in period that are part of an organization called TACT, mm-hmm. and it's like a theater-based organization at Planned Parenthood, and they perform in different communities, and they were hosting a period drive, and so they reached out to our school and a few other schools in DISD, and we all had a collective period drive. We had like wow. a box, and all donations were donated to women in El Paso. So That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So being able to like help those other communities as well, aside from your own. Mm -hmm. That's really cool that you took that initiative. Thank you. So what do you see in the future for uh, Booker T's Period Club? What do you see you guys doing to Mm -hmm. maybe increase that accessibility aside from like being able to just fundraise for Mm -hmm. products and you having to take kind of like money out of your own pocket Mm -hmm. to kind of buy these things? Like what are some next steps that you kind of have planned for the future? Yes. So... I'm also a part of the PTSA, Parent Teacher Student Association. We call it the PTSA at our school, and I'm a a student member on it. And last year, I went to them with a proposal. Mm -hmm. I had it all planned out, how much it would cost for products, how much it would cost for dispensers, and I gave them this plan, and I said, I want to make this possible where the PTSA funds everything, not the students. It all comes from the school. And... They love the idea. They actually wrote a letter of recommendation, but they said, we can't handle that. So they said for me to go to DISD. Yes. So I think, of course, we're going to continue to do what we do at Period, which is student-based, but I really think I want Period to open up to advocacy. I want us Mm -hmm. to advocate at the Dallas Independent School District level. So I think that's where I see us going is not only service, but education. Mm -hmm. I want to educate more people about our mission and also advocacy at the district level. How do you feel that you can get other women involved mm-hmm. with your work? Because if you're trying to go to DISD, you do need a large group of people aside from your school yes. to kind of like support your idea. So do you have any plans to kind of engage the people who are truly impacted is with impacted by this, which is mm-hmm. low income, women of color, POC? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that um, If we're going to go to DISD, it can't only be Booker T. Mm -hmm. I do think we've done a good job engaging all communities at Booker T, but I'm looking to expand it to TAG and to Woodrow and to other schools that have period chapters or ones that don't yet. And I think we need to go one-on-one and reach out to uh, communities that are underrepresented and figure out or find out how much, how important it is to them. Mm Because after at Booker T, Actually, I have something really quick. Um, A problem at Booker T is a lot of transgender and non-binary students, they don't have access to period products Mm -hmm. um, because traditionally at other schools, maybe they only put them in the women's restrooms. Yes. But 
we are trying to get it in the men's restrooms as well. That's we amazing. We run into a lot of roadblocks. Yes. Don't get me wrong. No, but it's understandable. We live in Texas. Yes. Um, so I think that is another way is if we expand our products to uh, men and women's restrooms. And wow. if we expand that at other schools as well, if they can mm -hmm. do that as well. Have you explored any collaborations with other period clubs? I know I'm not, <laughs> I used to be involved my freshman year with <laughs> TAG's period club, but I know it's expanded to Talview now. So have you maybe explored maybe collaboration with them in the future? We definitely want to. I wouldn't say we have done like a full-fledged like collaboration yet, but we've reposted each other's posts. Like <laughs> I feel like we're on the brink of like formally like- Yeah, forming that partnership yes. maybe. Yeah. Wow, okay, that's really awesome, like that journey that you've gone through, kind of like educating yourself about menstrual health products <laughs> and um, wanting to like advocate for that on like the school board level. Yeah. That's amazing. So now that like you've educated yourself about the issue, what are some things that maybe people who aren't involved in period mm -hmm. don't necessarily know about the struggles of getting access to uh, hygiene products? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize this is maybe going to sound a little basic, but mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't realize that in a family, whenever they're creating their budget, menstrual products are maybe the last on the list mm -hmm. because first comes food, water, bills. There's so many things that menstrual health and menstrual products, they sometimes get put on... Like, like put on the back burner, maybe. Yeah, put on the back burner. And so, but it's a necessity. No, exactly. You have to have it. Mm -hmm. And... I think if maybe you look, if you ask people that you know and see and ask them if they have um, struggles getting these products, they'll say yes. And I think what people don't realize is it's a universal problem no, it is, that just 100%. isn't talked about. Like I went to Target the other day and I spent, I think it was $12 yes. on a box of pads. And that is just like, even with inflation, like that is just a ridiculous price yeah. that most families can't afford to be putting $12. If mm -hmm. you can't put $12 down for food, what makes you think you can put $12 down exactly. for a singular box of like pads and tampons? And they run out after the first use. Like. No, exactly. Yeah, it's not It's not something, it's something that has to be recently like restocked. Mm -hmm. Specifically, if there's multiple women in your family yes. who are still like experiencing periods. Like that is just a cost that just adds up and keeps adding up and becomes expensive. Exactly. Like if you were to sum it up at the end of the year, you'd be spending a lot of money on just mm -hmm. period products alone. Yes. And I feel like that's something like that people don't necessarily realize like if we're per like we're privileged mm -hmm. enough to be able to put money down for that, but we don't realize how much we're actually spending exactly. until we add up the numbers and not being able to have access to that, mm -hmm. especially being from low income communities of color, it really hurts. Like Yes. You can't go to school. If you're on exactly. your period, you cannot go to school if you don't have a pad mm -hmm. because you're going to bleed through your clothes. Yes. So it's like, how do we combat that? And that's another thing, uh, specifically with education, is that this is why I think schools should take a stance in mm -hmm. the um, menstrual equity issue, is that it directly impacts education. It really does. It directly impacts if you're able to go to class, if... You can go to school if you can, and say you're carpooling someone else. You can't drive them to school if you can't go to school. It, mm -hmm. it has this butterfly or like, is that the word the, butterfly? Like this, the domino effect? Yes, the domino effect that keeps impacting your life and everyone around you from the lack of menstrual products, and no one should have to go through that. No, I completely agree. And you trying to get the school board involved is just proving that you are, there is a reducement in student 
like attendance mm -hmm. if you cannot go to school because you don't have menstrual products. Yes. And we have to open DISD's eyes to the fact that maybe we are seeing a lack of student attendance mm -hmm. because of lack of access to period Which products. Which directly impacts low-income families. Exactly, and that's just, um, DISD kind of has like a tendency of overshadowing lower-income mm -hmm. communities. I've noticed like um, lower-income communities get less funding for schools. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't have like their bathrooms, like yeah. tag bathrooms. Well, not tag bathrooms, town view bathrooms mm -hmm. are falling apart at the hinges. The doors don't close. <laughs> our sinks yeah. are broken. There's so many different problems like with our facilities that it's like when we do maybe get this passed, mm -hmm. we're still going to see like that divide between maybe like schools in North Dallas mm -hmm. seeing their period supplies being restocked more often than South Dallas. So it's just something that I like. It doesn't sit right with me. The fact mm -hmm. that like even when we could advocate for this, we're still going to see like that disproportionality in terms of how the products are being distributed. Yeah, that's what I think would be really helpful with some sort of universal rule, like you were saying, but then you were also saying we can't guarantee that every school will have the same effort put into it. Mm -hmm. And so obviously we should continue to advocate for equality at this district level, but I do think when students can advocate at their own school, it is helpful, like to, so maybe that's part of education, like ed educating students about what they can do in their community. And earlier you mentioned something that really caught my interest that you were mm -hmm. also involving men in the yes. effort. So could you maybe talk about that stigma that you yes. mentioned about how men don't necessarily like to discuss um, period products or periods in general mm -hmm. like that's not a common conversation that you have with yeah. a man so booker t is progressive i think we're a school of artists and of course i had my concerns about how it would roll over but i thought that the general consensus consensus would be that it was an acceptable like an, an accepting idea mm -hmm. but when we first put products in the restroom, there was a negative feedback from the men. They really? were like, why are they in here? They were actually pushed over, like on the ground. And so wow. I got, yeah, I got some of my, uh, my best friend, his name's Adam. And I was like, what can, because you're a man. I can't, mm -hmm. I don't go into those restrooms. And like, what is the issue? And what he said is that he thinks that the men just don't understand. They don't they aren't educated and they've never talked about period products in their life before because mm -hmm. it's been stigmatized. And so I kind of got like a little group of people in my grade, all men, and I got them to talk to their friends about it, to post about it. And now it's kind of period is like a normal conversation to have at our school for men That's specifically. That's extremely like transformative thing mm -hmm. to have in a like, space of education. They aren't scared to talk about it. Like at our club fair, like they're, we had more men volunteering than women actually, which was. Wow. That's crazy to yeah. see. So I think getting the conversation started was what transformed the students because they just, if you never talk about something, you're not going to understand the importance. But once mm -hmm. we, once that catalyst happened, it was, it was there. We started seeing transformation. That's actually something that also, like, I was thinking about in terms of like the movement that you're starting mm -hmm. with period and education. How men have never had period discussions mm -hmm. with 
maybe if you have a girlfriend, obviously, yeah. like, you will have to grow accustomed to your girlfriend being on her period. Maybe you can, like, do some nice things for her. Mm -hmm. But that's, like, as far as they go, mm -hmm. knowing what truly happens. Like, I saw a video on TikTok, and a woman was interviewing men after Roe v. Wade got overturned, mm -hmm. seeing how much they truly knew about women's bodies. Yeah. And when she asked a man, and he was like, how she was like how many tampons does a woman use on her period and he said one and i my I, my, <laughs> like, my jaw dropped like the li they're so not in a negative light but they're uneducated mm -hmm. about truly what we experience when we're on our period and it's kind of seeing you being able to like flip that and you being the one to educate them and them reciprocating that mm -hmm. and giving back was I've never seen that and that's truly so that's so amazing what you've done thank you like at first when people I would tell people about period and I'd be like join period they'd be like well I'm a man but thank you and I'd be like, no like no. you can join and mm -hmm. I think more than anything even if we we're always working to get better but I think the best thing period has done has been starting conversation even among faculty like faculty have come up to me and been like so what exactly is period specifically yeah. men because they don't, they don't know. know so yeah wow so how would you envision a future with access to menstrual hygiene products like what would be what would you want to see if mm -hmm. like things were to go perfectly according to plan, what would you want to see implemented? Okay, if things were to go perfect, I would say first start with Booker T. We have a steady donation supply and we get it ready. And then we collaborate with other schools to get them all on the same page and with a steady supply, mm -hmm. which is already shooting really big, but this is a perfect world. And then we come together and we advocate at a district level for them to fund mm -hmm. the school restrooms with products with dispensers and a steady supply and then from there i think menstrual products should be supplied in every public space mm -hmm. like libraries or public restrooms and schools uh even jails prisons they should be in public spaces fully funded not by the people but by the government no i completely agree and the city of dallas is working to supply public spaces mm -hmm. like libraries yes. with um period products but it's still they have to take the initiative and they're only in libraries mm -hmm. or with spaces that are partnered with the city so it's saying how can we maybe transform the period access dallas initiative with the city to something that provides free fully funded good quality because mm -hmm. that's another thing good quality yes. period products to schools so that's amazing how you're trying to kind of include that sense of community in there. And you also mentioned the dispensers, which yes. is, gosh, don't even get me started on the fact that there is still a quarter from three years ago <laughs> stuck in one of our no. dispensers with a girl who was trying to get something out and the quarter didn't come out and the product didn't come out. So you Neither lose money out. and you lose the product. <laughs> so I think... Do you even know how old those dispensers no, are? No, I have no they, idea. I'm telling you, if I were to look it up, probably from like the 1990s. Literally. Because they are ancient. Wait, no, because my geometry teacher, she was like, they were here when I was here. You're kidding. No. Like, <laughs> they are like old. Oh my God. And not functional, definitely. No, they don't work, regardless of how you put, you. even if you shake it. If I were to open no. it right now, I bet you it is empty. In, I feel like, 
I don't want to say this to put DISD in a, in a negative mm -hmm. light, but if you don't fix the dispensers, you're not forced to put products in them. Yeah. And then you're, you, don't, you feel like you don't have to supply students with a basic necessity. Yeah. So I think those dispensers need to go. They, they need to go. We, we need just need to start new. over. Yes, 100%. Get rid of everything. Build from the ground up exactly. something that is usable. I feel like where we are now trying to um, like make shift like a plan and like trying to build from what we already have isn't working. Mm -hmm. We need it to be new. We need it to be creative. And we need to really fit the needs of our community. And this, the dispensers, I think that's an example of like something that's archaic that just isn't working. I like the Townview Period Club. Mm -hmm. They have their products in. It's like a plastic container with yeah. like three different um, drawers that they like put the different types of like pads and tampons in depending on your flow. And I think that's good, but we shouldn't have to be doing that. Like, exactly. I love the idea, but that's not our job to supply basic necessities to students of mm -hmm. DISD. Money coming out of those people's pockets yes. and while like fundraisers do work think about it this way if you're fundraising for period products that people don't have access to then maybe people can't afford to donate to you exactly so and booker t of course you mm -hmm. guys are more fortunate in terms of your socioeconomic level there's mm -hmm. more people who um are of higher income at booker yes. t but at um lower income high schools in dallas if period clubs were to start how would you fundraise if even your own students can't afford to buy period products for themselves. Mm -hmm. How can they afford to buy period products for your club? Yeah, I think it's period club. I'm not sure if counterintuitive would be the word. I think that what you were saying about how we shouldn't have to do this. Mm -hmm. I've always said that we shouldn't have to do this. We shouldn't have to put menstrual products in the restrooms. But right now, if because we are in a fortunate place where many of our students can donate if we aren't if the students aren't going to do that then who is exactly yeah. no one's going to do that mm -hmm. so that's the hard thing is i don't have a solution i don't think anyone has a solution for these schools that can't do that which is frustrating it really is yeah because you're kind of like saying period is a solution and mm -hmm. it is working the fact that this national organization is encouraging girls and men to step mm -hmm. up and tackle the issue of period poverty it's still it's like a band-aid there you're putting a exactly. band-aid on a wound that can't close if there's not a higher power yes working alongside period it's a solution but not the right one not the sustainable one exactly like when you graduate mm -hmm. i know you you're a very independent and you think ahead like mm -hmm. you already have stuff planned for the future but what happens when you graduate is the thing like yeah. who will continue that mm -hmm. you have to carry out your own legacy in a way and mm -hmm. how you're going to sustain your club and if schools aren't able to sustain their clubs once the person who's leading the club is then what happens to yeah. that supply uh, I know right now we have we have a lot of members in period which are underclassmen members but I will say that I have done a lot of the getting the sponsor, talking to the PTSA, working with administration. So that is a worry of mine is that after um, Isabel, my co-president, and I graduate, what happens then? And that's sort of the problem with these kind of things. It's not a solution. It's a temporary fix. And I think that just goes to show that 
this isn't sustainable and there needs to be something long lasting that isn't student run. Mm -hmm. And how do you, because I know um, kind of like to tie back to going to DISD about this, mm -hmm. I know that we have to kind of bring forth evidence that this is a problem and that you do have a large support of mm -hmm. women and um, people who experience periods because mm -hmm. not all women experience periods. Yes. There's transgender and non-binary people. Mm -hmm. So kind of like, what do you think is a message that you would want to get out to people who maybe support this cause but don't have the resources to get involved until it becomes such like a large collective group of people? Mm. I would say, so for the people that aren't able to contribute but mm -hmm. want this to happen? Exactly. Okay, I would say I know it's like a tough question since it's like you're thinking for such a large group of people. Yes. Maybe I would say not just if you donate, that's important, but it's not the only important thing. Exactly. You can do more than donate and give money. Mm -hmm. You can show your support. You can write to people in power. You can, I think I would tell those people that don't think that you're not important just because you can't financially fund this mm -hmm. because period is more yes. than just like donating period exactly. club and period the organization is about advocacy yes advocacy and education I think you can start with educating yourself educating others in your community and bring light to what the issue is because that's where it begins I think take hold of your community and what they know about it mm -hmm. and teach others. Because as people who experience periods, we have the power yes. to kind of educate those who don't or those who maybe are aware of the situation but mm -hmm. don't necessarily know like the true impact of it. Because yeah. me, until I joined the Youth Commission, I didn't know that we had, I know this like is slightly mm -hmm. ignorant, but I didn't know that we truly had like a period poverty crisis yeah. in Dallas mm -hmm. that wasn't being addressed. I didn't either. Until I got involved with Period Access Dallas to kind of like promote the fact that it was there. The Youth Commission made a video about the whole thing, which mm -hmm. I will link below in the description of this podcast. But it was just so eye-opening being educated mm -hmm. by people who were in the grassroots level yes. of making this change. And I feel like you're already doing that. You're empowering those who feel that they don't have a say in the conversation to have a say in the conversation mm -hmm. which I think is amazing I think I said this before but it's all about the conversation it's all about starting with empowering yourself to empower others um, find the confidence in yourself to realize that what you have to say matters and what everyone else what they have to put into the conversation matters and take that power and show it and use it to make change. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So kind of to close off, what is mm -hmm. one message that you would say, if we were to show this to the DISD Board of Trustees, the people in power, the people with the money, with the ability to make this change, what is something you would say to them to kind of open their eyes? I would say, go to your schools, go to your communities, Ask around, see if the students that you are in charge of, if they are happy with what they have in the restrooms, with their menstrual products. And if they aren't happy, 
figure out why and figure out what you can do about it because you are essentially in charge of your students welfare of your happiness and menstrual products supplying that it's a basic human right and I do think that you have the power to change what happens in your schools and what you supply Thank you so much, Maxine, for joining us today. Your feedback was truly incredible, and I hope that maybe someday we're able to see the change that you talk mm -hmm. about being implemented because right now I'm seeing you do so much. And if there were, if you were to eight, like clone yourself, like I already know <laughs> this would already, like there would be grassroots Maxines everywhere <laughs> working on this. Oh. So thank you so much for coming yes. on, and we hope we ate. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you.